land of Egypt on that night and strike down every firstborn, both men and animals, and I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt. I am Adonai. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. The, let me read that again. The blood will be a sign for you on the houses where you are. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Pesach, Passover. And I believe that the death angel passed over the houses of the Israelites. But the presence of the Lord passed over the threshold of the Israelites' home and covenanted with them that evening and supped with them, had a meal with them. Because, you know, a meal is, a, is, is what you do at the, as when a covenant has been made, you break bread together. So there will be no plague among you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. What a powerful, powerful word. This is a unique season we're in. And I'm going to say something, and you can agree or disagree, but I believe that the answer to the virus that is going around today is the blood. The blood is the answer to this virus because I read it all through the scriptures. The blood is the answer to every plague and every sickness, every disease that can come upon us. Yes, I believe social distancing works. Yes, maybe shutting down the economy for, for a while, although that's a real hard pill to swallow, maybe it was necessary. And the doctors say mitigation is, what is what's caused. You know, notice that the, um, the curve of the, the virus is kind of leveled out. And doctors are saying it's because mitigation. You're all following the rules. You're all following the rules. But I propose this. I believe that it was a lot of believers saying it was the, proclaiming and declaring the blood over this land. I believe it was the blood. Because the scriptures are pretty, pretty plain. In Second Chronicles, we read that when my people humble themselves and pray and seek my face and, and turn from their evil ways in repentance. And I believe when we do that, that God is able to move and God is able to bring healing. The blood of the Yeshua brings healing. And that's what is bringing healing to our world today. It is the answer to restoration reformation of our bodies, our families, and our economies. And boy, do we need a reformation in our economies and in our families and in our bodies. You see, we all want revival, and I love revival, and that's, that's when people are transformed. But I want to see reformation where institutions and the whole culture is reformed. And see, this Passover, I believe that God has got our attention. <laughs> you think? He's got our attention. And I believe he's also saying this, it's time to cross over. But not cross over in pain or fear or panic, but this is a season to cross over in rest, in shalom. Shalom is an interesting word in Hebrew. It has many meanings. When you greet somebody, you say shalom. It doesn't just mean hello. Hello, it means shalom. It means peace. It means a sense, a source of, a sense of well-being in our lives. And that goes with the authority that we have as believers. I want to read a scripture in Matthew chapter 28. And it's interesting because Yeshua is speaking, and this is 40 years after the past, 40 days, excuse me, after the Passover. Matthew 28, verse 18. And Yeshua came up to them. He'd been speaking to them and encouraging them for these 40 days since the crucifixion, since Passover. But he says these words, his final words. And Yeshua came up to them and spoke to them, saying, 
all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, immersing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And remember, and I love how we, he, he finishes this, and these are some of his last words. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And that was a promise that he even gave to Moses in Exodus chapter 33. I will go with you. My presence will go with you. You see, we need to appropriate that authority that we have in him and that shalom that we have and that he's promised in him. We need to appropriate that because we have the authority. We have the authority because Yeshua had the authority. And if he's in us, we have the same authority. And his presence, his presence is in us to take us in the new territory. You know, when we look at the Passover, and, and we had a wonderful um, Passover era of Passover the other, the other night, joining with some, some friends of ours. It was just the four of us. But during the Passover supper, there's four cups that are drank. And we read, the, read about them in, in Exodus chapter 6, verses 6 and 8. I'm going to give you a, a lot of verses today, so write down the verses. I'm not going to read them right now, but, but there are four promises associated with the four cups. And sometimes we overlook them in, the, in just doing the, uh, the going through the, the Seder, and we think, oh, that's neat, that's neat. But let me tell you what those four promises are. The first promise is, is I will bring you out. God says to his people, I will bring you out. It's talking about the cup of sanctification, the, the kos kiddush, the cup of sanctification. God says, I am calling you out. I'm making you a peculiar, unique people. You are holy. You are set apart. You are set apart. And we, if God is in our lives, we are a set apart people. He has brought us out, and I'm going to be talking about what he's brought us out from. The second cup is, I will deliver you. And this is called the, the cup of judgment or the cup of salvation. It's taken out of slavery and bondage. It's also when we see that, that God judged the, the gods, small g, of Egypt. The ten plagues were ten judgments against the very gods of the people of Egypt the gods of this world. And God says, I will deliver you. And the third cup is, I will redeem you. And I love this. This is the cup that Yeshua take, took after the Passover supper. This is the Passover lamb that purchases us. No longer under the Egyptian gods, no longer under the world system, but, system, but we are redeemed. We are bought back. We are ransomed by the lamb of God. And in this case, it's Yeshua. Hallelujah. And the fourth cup is, I will take you to myself. Think about that. This is also called the kos halel, the cup of praise. It's a, it's a statement of consummation. It's a statement of praise. God says, I have called you to myself. You are mine. I'm your God. You are my people. You see, we have a new king. We have a new father. We have a new master. We have a new Lord. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his marvelous, marvelous light. And that's what we celebrate at this season. You see, it's by his blood we have been set apart. 
We need to grab a hold of this. It's, it's hard for me to use words to explain the power that is in the blood. You know, I can, I can teach you and I can, I can share with you and I can even share my own experiences, but there's such power in the blood that sets us apart from the fear and the spirit of the world. But we need to appropriate that blood because it's real. It's powerful. This is also, like I mentioned earlier, a time of thanksgiving because Passover has been fulfilled and is continually being fulfilled in the person of Yeshua, in the person of Jesus. And we see this in John chapter 1, verse 29. The next day, John, Yohanan, the immerser, sees Yeshua coming to him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Yohanan, John, he, had, he saw he had a prophetic word that Yeshua was coming to him, and that was the Lamb of God, the Pesach, that was coming to him. And there is power in the blood of Yeshua at this season, and specifically and particularly at this season when there's been such upending of everything. There's been such craziness with the economies being shut down, the, the, um, the virus that's racked so many people. And, and you know, up until recently, I, I, I didn't know anybody who was affected by the coronavirus. And then I found out this past week, and, and it broke my heart, but my first pastor, Pastor Belcher, Pastor Buford Oliver Belcher, and I met him when I was 26 years old. He was my first pastor. He poured his love into me. Well, he was in his 90s, and his wife, Sister Carol, had just passed away a few weeks ago, actually just a little over a week ago. And... Uh, Pastor Belcher got the virus and went into the hospital and was just gone. He was gone within a few days. And so it struck home when I saw that. This virus is real. And I, and I know in a lot of ways, I know because I, I know Pastor Belcher, and he's glad to be reunited with his wife, and he was in his 90s. He lived an awesome life, but still it was brought home to me this, this week. But there is power in the blood of Yeshua at this season. And I want to talk about five areas of the blood that we need to appropriate in our lives. Number one, the blood redeems us from a world system. Guilt of sin and God's wrath. See, his blood redeems us from the world system. First Peter 1, 18 and 19. You know that you were redeemed from the feudal way of life handed down from your ancestors, not, a, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood like that of a lamb without defect or, for, or spot, the blood of Messiah. You see, the world system is under the enemy. We know that. It's under Satan. And it's, it's vanity. It's a futile way of life. And we've been rescued out of that by the blood of Yeshua. We've also been rescued by the guilt of sin. In Ephesians 1, 7, it says, In him we have redemption through his blood and removal of trespasses in keeping with the richness of his grace. And again, in Romans chapter 3, verse 24 and 25, it says, They are set right as a gift of his grace through the redemption that is in Messiah Yeshua. God set forth Yeshua as an atonement a propitiation, a kippur, through faith in his blood to show his righteousness in passing over sins already committed. You see, we have been completely forgiven of our sin, all of our sin, 
by the blood of Yeshua. Our past, present, and future sins forgiven. Hallelujah. Washed clean by his blood. And we've also, because of the blood, we're set free from God's wrath. In Romans 5, 9, it says, How much more than having now been set right by his blood, shall we be saved from the God's wrath through him? Hallelujah. And because of this, we're able to run while resting and rest while running. What does that mean? It means that we're able to do, we're able to minister while we're resting in him, and we're able to rest and, and, and while we're still trusting in him for everything. You know, sometimes during this season, I know a lot of us, maybe all we can do is, is maybe call somebody on the phone and, and pray with them. That's huge. Encourage them. Pray, pray, pray. And this is something we can do with that shalom that we have in him. Because his blood, because of his blood, the sin does not need to hinder us any longer. The power of sin has been destroyed. That doesn't mean that we'll never sin, but the power of sin has been destroyed in us. Hallelujah. Do we get that? We need to understand that. And when, when we understand the power of the blood that has destroyed the power of sin in us, you know what? When we begin to, to believe that and to walk in this, we say, you know what? We're going to sin less than we did before. Secondly, what does the blood do? The blood of Yeshua gives healing protection from death and plagues. You know, we've been reading Psalm 91 every day. Verse 10 of Psalm 91 says, So no evil will befall you, nor any plague come near your tent. We've been proclaiming this every day over our bodies, over our family, over this congregation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know what? We were doing a study in Isaiah before all of this happened. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our pains, yet we esteemed him stricken, struck by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced because of our transgressions, crushed because of our iniquities. The chastisement for our shalom was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. Let's say that all together. By his stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. First, First Peter chapter 2, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we removed from sins, might live for righteousness by his wounds, you were healed. And I want to declare that over anybody who's struggling in their body today. By his stripes, you were healed. We proclaim healing and wholeness and alignment over every body that is here watching today. And I love this story in Matthew chapter 8. Yeshua in Kepharnehum. Capernaum comes to Peter's house. Starting in verse 14, it says, And when Yeshua came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying down sick with a fever. Yeshua touched her hand, and the fever left her. Then she got up and began to take care of him. And when evening came, the people brought to him many who were afflicted by demons. He forced out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. So was fulfilled what was spoken through Isaiah, the prophet, saying, He himself took our sicknesses and carried away our diseases. 
His blood is able to heal us physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Every aspect of our being is under the blood, can be healed by the blood of Yeshua. Specific areas that we read in Isaiah 53 that were healed, sorrow, delivered from the demonic, physical ailments, broken heart, sin, iniquity. Thirdly, the blood of Yeshua gives us power over the enemy. And boy, do we need power over the enemy right now. You have the power, you have the authority, but we need to appropriate it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11. <clears throat> they overcame him, Satan, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even in the face of death. Colossians 2.15. Let me get a sip of water here. By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. Wherever these believers went, they proclaimed the blood and they proclaimed their testimony. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. After disarming the principalities... <clears throat> And the powers, he made a public spectacle, spectacle of them, triumph, triumphing over them in the cross. Yeshua did it on the cross by his blood. And we appropriate that by, we defeat the, the works of the enemy in our lives and the lives of our family by the word, faith, proclaiming his, his word and his victory and resisting the enemy. What do I mean by that? We have victory by his word. What God says is truth. Not, not how I feel or what somebody else says, but God's word is truth. We need to hold on to that word no matter what happens. And by faith, that Hebrew word emunah is putting my trust in and walking out the word that I read. The word that I believe, I walk out by faith, even though I may not see it. Faith is walking out what I may not see, but I know because God's promised it. And we proclaim speaking truth into situations. And this is so important. We speak and we proclaim scriptures into situations, into principalities, into sicknesses, in, into institutions. To pray the word, to proclaim the word over somebody is powerful. And I want to encourage you to do that during this season. If you know somebody who's got the virus, you start proclaiming Psalm 91 over them, and you read it out loud to them. Proclaiming is something that is done out loud. It's not just thinking, proclaiming. It's actually speaking it out to the heavenlies, speaking it out to the atmosphere. And then lastly, it means to resist the enemy because you know what? You'll do all of those things, and then the enemy will come and say, oh, you, what are you doing? Oh, that doesn't do any good. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. That's where we need to resist the lies of the enemy, resist his accusations, and stand on what God says. The fourth area of the blood that I want to talk about is the blood of Yeshua sets us apart for righteousness and good works. The blood of Yeshua sets us apart. We're sanctified for righteousness. We are actually made righteous and we are set apart for good works that have been prepared for us before the beginning of time. Second Corinthians verse chapter 5, verse 21, it says, He made the one who knew no sin to become sin, a sin offering on our behalf. Just, just think about that for just just think about that for a minute. 
the one who knew no sin, Yeshua, became a sin offering. He actually became sin for us on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, that's not me saying that. That's not just, hey, hype up, feel good. This is what the Word of God says. We have become the righteousness of God because of Messiah, because of his finished work on the cross. In Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 4, Therefore, <clears throat> there is now no condemnation for those who are in Messiah Yeshua. For the law of the spirit of life in Messiah Yeshua has set you free from the law of sin and death. We were under a law, sin and death. And we were under the weakness of that. And we just did things because we were dead in our spirit. But, but we became alive because Yeshua died on the cross. He took my sin. And when I profess, profess my faith in him, he gives me his spirit. And I become the righteousness of God. But we were dead we were under the law of sin and death. For what was impossible for the Torah, since it was weakened on account of the flesh. Now, let me make this comment. It wasn't because the Torah was weak. It was because our flesh was weak. Torah is perfect. Torah is absolutely perfect and holy and pure and good. But because of our flesh, we couldn't keep it. Since it was weakened on account of the flesh, our flesh. God has done sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as a sin offering, he condemned sin in the flesh. He became sin in our place so that the requirement of the Torah might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. Hallelujah. I love that passage of scripture. I could spend a year just teaching on Romans chapter 8. I love it. See, we become the righteousness of God because of the blood of Yeshua. It's not based on my own good works. Believe me. And see, this is what we were created for even before the foundations of the world, to walk in these good works. So our response to any conspiracy we may see going on, any threats that are going on, economic crash, you know what our response needs to be? Preach the good news, preach the gospel in the face of all of these things. I'm going to read a scripture in Luke chapter 21. Yeshua tells us about some crazy days. I don't know if he was speaking specifically about these days, but listen to these words in Luke chapter 21, starting in verse 10. Then he continued telling them, Nation will rise up against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes along with famines and epidemics in various places. And there will be terrors along with great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will grab you and persecute you, handing you over to the synagogues and prisons and leading you away to kings and governors on account of my name. This will lead you to be a witness. In other words, he doesn't say this will lead you to hide in your houses, to cover yourself with a blanket, to go down in your cellars. But he says this will cause you to be a witness. He's telling us whatever's going on right now, speak the good news. Speak the good news to whoever you have an opportunity to speak it to. Pray the good news. You know what? We watch the media and we see all the stuff I shared last week about the Leviathan spirit and, and the twisting of the words in the media. Start preaching to the news media. 
Start preaching truth to them. I bet you there'll be some changes that take place. Hallelujah. The fifth thing about the blood, the last that I want to talk about, the blood of Yeshua gives us entrance into the new covenant blessings. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of his son Yeshua purifies us from all sin. We have forgiveness of sins like I talked about. That That's awesome. And we have fellowship with one another, the ability to fulfill John 17. John, Yeshua prayed that his, his followers would be in unity with one another and love one another. And in that love and unity with one another, that people, the world will see, wow, they will see God in that. And this gives us the ability, his blood gives us the ability to walk in unity. You know, people will offend us. People will do things to hurt our feelings. And, and we have something that we can do that the world doesn't. It's called forgiveness. We can extend forgiveness to those who have offended us. Extend forgiveness to those who've wounded us intentionally. You know what? It, it's not about us anyways. It's about releasing us from the captive of that bitterness that we hold if we're, if we're walking in bitterness and unforgiveness. So God gives us the ability to forgive and, and, and the ability to walk in that fellowship with one another. Shalom with God. That's another blessing of the new covenant. Shalom, that peace, that sense of well-being with God. In Colossians 1, verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile all things to himself, making peace through the blood of his cross, whether things on earth or things in heaven. We can walk in that shalom with God. I love this verse, these passages in Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Yeshua is with his his Talmudim, his friends at the Sea of Galilee. And, you know, we lived in Israel for many years, and, and that's one of our favorite places is the Sea of Galilee. As a matter of fact, today there's a Galilee awakening going on that we're going to catch when we go home today. But I've never seen a storm on that sea. But, boy, I've heard of stories and storms that have come upon the sea. Well, this happens to be one of those times. Yeshua is with his, with his, with his disciples, and they're wanting to go from one side of the lake to the other, and that's what it is. It's a lake. Some people say it's the Sea of Galilee where you can't see one side from the other. It's a lake. Matthew chapter 4, verse 38 says, But Yeshua, excuse me, Mark chapter 4, but Yeshua was in the back of the boat during this storm, sleeping on a pillow. They wake up, up they wake him up and say to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're perishing? You ever felt like that? All these things going on, and we're trying to wake God up. Don't you know what we're going on? What's going on? That we're perishing? So he woke up. He rebuked the wind. And he said to the sea, Quiet, be still. Then the wind stopped and it became totally calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Even now you have no faith. And it's interesting because he speak, he spoke. To nature, he spoke to the storm and it quieted. That's the shalom of God. Do we have? First of all, he was sleeping during this storm. I don't know. I was on a navy ship for four years, and I've been in some some typhoons, and they were pretty rough, and I was not able to sleep. But he says, "Speak to these things." And it's interesting because you know, think back to the Exodus and 
And they come to the Red Sea. The children of Israel, they come to the Red Sea. And there's a sea before them. And the Egyptians are coming up from behind. And they stop. What do we do? What do we do? We're going to be destroyed. And it's interesting because God reminds Moses, you take authority. You speak to the sea. And he raised up his, his staff and he spoke to the sea. That's the same authority that Moses had is the same authority we have to speak into situations. Hallelujah. To bring peace. We also have fellowship with God. Ephesians 2.13. But now in Messiah Yeshua, you once were far off, have been brought near by the blood of the Messiah. He's our God. He's Adonai. He's our Lord. He's our master. But he's also our groom. He's our, our bridegroom. He desires intimacy with us. He wants fellowship with us. Hallelujah. That's a blessing of the new covenant. In John chapter 6, verse 53, So Yeshua said to them, Amen, amen, I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. I tell you what, when I first became a believer and I read that, I did not understand that verse at all. I'm thinking, what am I getting myself into? Is he promoting some kind of cannibalism or some kind of weird cultic practice? But you know what I'm, I'm reminded is that Exodus chapter 12, the lamb was slaughtered. And they were encouraged to eat the whole lamb. God is calling us to totally consume him, his word, his Holy Spirit, and, and he becomes our very sustenance. That's what that means, that he becomes our very sustenance himself. Just as the Israelites were commanded to eat the entire lamb, no leftovers. He's calling us to trust him with everything, for everything, in everything. He's calling us to do that. That's what that scriptures, those scriptures are talking about. So in conclusion, I want to just say this, this is an opportunity. This season that we're in, individually, as a congregation, as a nation, all over the world, an opportunity to apply the blood to our lives in every aspect of our lives and proclaim it often. When just to remind you of the words that we read in Exodus chapter 12. When I see the blood, God says this, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. We may need to make declarations that the blood is the answer to whatever you're going through right now. The blood is the answer to bring healing into this nation. The blood is the answer to, being, to bringing reconciliations in families right now. And I want to encourage you to be faithful in that. And in doing that, I want us to take the Lord's Supper. And the Lord has really led Millie and I to, to do the Lord's Supper, to do communion more often during this season. I mean, after all, we're home all the time, and, and uh, it's, it's an important thing to do to signify the death, burial, resurrection, ascension of Yeshua. 
And I'm going to invite Millie up here as we take the elements together. And I want to encourage you to join with us as we do this. <clears throat> Luke chapter 22, I'm not going to read the verses, but Yeshua is with his friends. He so longed to be with his friends for that last Passover. They didn't know what was going on. We see that, and, and he talks about the, the, the cups, that, that he lifted up the cup and, and the, the afikomen. And we read what, what uh, Shaul, what the Apostle Paul reads, says in, in 1 Corinthians 11. But I just want us to, to share this today because what it does is signifies our relationship with the Lord, doesn't it? And, you know, it's by his blood and by his body that we are able to come into this relationship. So I'm going to serve my wife. The bread. And the matzah. Got the piece of matzah here. The matzah is striped, bruised, and pierced, just like our Messiah was. Paul said that when you do this, do this in memory of the Lord. This is my body. Yeshua said, this is my body, which is for you, given for you. His body took the scourging, took the whips. His body was unrecognizable even before it went to the, to the tree, to the stake, to the cross. He says, when you take this, as often as you take this, do this in memory and remembrance of me. His body took our guilt his body took our shame, our punishment that was due to us, our sickness and our sin. Like I said, he was unrecognizable because all of that was placed on his body. So if we would just take our matzah, we just want to say the blessing over that is the body of the Lord. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam amotilechim min haaretz Amen. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, ruler of the universe, who brings forth bread from the earth. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body, broken for us in Yeshua's name. On the same night that he took that matzah, he also took the cup. The third cup of the night, and I went over the four cups. This is the third night, the Koskiula, the cup of redemption. And it's in his blood that we are bought back. We are ransomed. We are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say hallelujah. Amen. You know, this blood, this cup that represents the blood is more precious than any silver, any gold, anything. It brings us into the new covenant blessings. It brings us into that healing and deliverance. And, and I really believe that as we take communion, as we take the Lord's Supper on a regular basis, that this virus will be defeated. And this nation will be healed. And Yeshua said something else that he added on that Passover. When he lifted the cup, when he blessed it, he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. So I want to say the blessing over the cup. 
Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haulam Borei peri hagafen Amen Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, ruler of the universe, who brings forth the fruit of the vine. Thank you, Yeshua, for your blood. Thank you, Lord God, for healing. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you for by, for redeeming us and buying us back. Amen. Amen. L'chaim to life, and he is our very life. He is our resurrection. He is our first fruits. Hallelujah. Well, God is good, and we want to enter into a time of worship. As we've taken the Lord's Supper, I just want us to just lift our holy hands up to him and just worship him for the next minutes and just uh, just be in his presence and let him wash over you with his presence. Father, I just I just thank you for this time that we're together. And Lord, as, as we focus on you, Lord, we've been watching news reports and all of the media accounts over what's going on over the last weeks. But Lord, this is the Shabbat. We want to put all those things aside. And we want to worship you because you alone are worthy of our praise and worship. And we want to focus in on you. So, Lord, as we worship you, Lord, that your presence would just be manifested wherever we're at in our homes with us today as we worship you. Lynn, why don't you lead us in worship? <laughs> 